calling all hunters and outdoor enthusiasts. It's time to discover the difference with Alpen Optics. When it comes to premium optics, Alpen is where form meets function. Their state-of-the-art devices are built for those with the highest demands. As dedicated hunting enthusiasts and nature observers, Alpen understands that you need 100% reliability when out in the wild. With Alpen, you won't have to compromise. Whether you're stalking, night hunting, or observing wildlife, Alpen Optics offer top-class materials and cutting-edge technology that keeps you in control, no matter the conditions. And here's the best part. Use promo code EXPLORE15 and get a fantastic 15% off your Alpen Optics purchase. So visit alpenoptics.com today and experience the wild like never before. Don't lose track. Get a 15% discount with the code EXPLORE15 at alpenoptics.com. Alpen Optics. Discover the difference. Hey, can I tell you a secret? The secret to getting a great shave without any nicks, cuts, or irritation isn't three or four blades, a soap strip, or a swivel head. It's just supporting the blade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just supporting the blade. Don't let it flex or bend. That's the secret to limiting shaving irritation. At Henson Shaving, we use our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to keep the blade from moving. It's not the coolest answer, but it's the right one. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Remember us. I don't blame you if you don't. It's Luke here, runner of thecustardtv.com, joined, as always, by my faithful TV-loving companion, Matt in the North. Hello. Member. Member? <laughs> member? <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, we've been... I member. <laughs> I member too. Luke's in a very silly mood this afternoon. I know, I don't know what it is. <laughs> It's been a while, but we're back, not to talk about our favourite shows of the last week. We're going to talk about the last ten years Ooh, of TV. It's going to be a ten-hour podcast. Let's one strap yourselves in. Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast. Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV Podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. On the website right now, you can look at our top 50 shows of the decade. And depending on when this podcast goes up, they may all be there or it might be just numbers 50 to 10 that you can read at the moment. But we've got in-depth analysis of each show, why they made the cut. And in some cases, I was able to speak to people directly involved in the making of, writing of each show, etc. So we've got some insight from Jack Thorne on Korean National Treasure. Friend of the site, Chris Lang, got in touch to talk about Unforgotten. We've got the producer and director of This Is England and The Virtues. Nicholas Schindler from Red Productions got in touch about Happy Valley and Last Tango in Halifax. So if you're into any of those, or you just want to know what made the cut, thecustardtv.com. Also on there is our complete guide to Christmas. It goes from, I think, the 21st of, of December all yeah, the way you've got it. to the 4th of January. So a lot of stuff. Plus there's a lot of uh, Gavin and Stacey coverage, if you're into that. Christine Gurnan, the director I spoke to her exclusively. 
My interviews with Matt Horn, Joanna Page, uh, Ruth Jones, Rob Bryden, Alison Stedman and Larry Lamb are going to be up there soon and a full review of the episode. So there's tons on the site to sort of coincide with that big piece going up on the website about the best of the decade uh, to talk about our top 10 favourite episodes, not dramas, but episodes of, uh, of TV. Oh, over I missed that memo. Oh, bloody hell, Matt. <laughs> No, it's episodes of the last 10 ah. years. And Matt decided, and it is a cleverer way of doing it, where the, the thing on the website is a countdown from 50 to 1, what we're doing is just discussing our 10 favourite episodes. We're not saying this is better than that. We're just doing it in a chronological order because it's just easier to do it that way, starting with the earliest ones in the decade and finishing with some more recent additions to our favourite episodes. So... I'm intrigued, Mr. Donnelly. Off your pop. First one for me, and it's an episode of uh, the US version of The Office. Oh. From February the 17th of 2011. Yeah. Threat level midnight. <laughs> we'll do the scone to celebrate. <laughs> that, was the, so, that was genius. I love that so much. Well, my name's Michael Scon, and I'm here to say I'm about to do the Scon in a major way. You jump to the right and you shake a hand, and you jump to the left and you shake that hand. You meet new friends, you tie some yarn, and that's how you do the Scon. You jump to the right and you shake that hand, and you jump to the left and you shake that hand. Meet new friends, tie that yarn, that's how you do the Scon. You jump to the right and you shake that hand And you jump to the left and you shake that hand Meet new friends, tie that yarn That's how you do the scar it's shortly before uh, Steve Carell left the series um, and this was something that had been mentioned throughout the prior six seasons. This was one of the last episodes of season seven um, and Threat Level Midnight um, is the film that, that Michael Scott, the Steve Carell character, had been writing and shooting and things like that. It just had been mentioned sort of several times um, as a running joke in in this show, and and this episode basically saw the whole office sit down to watch the film, which I thought was was genius, really. After three years of writing, one year of shooting, four years of reshooting, and two years of editing, I have finally completed my movie, Threat Level Midnight. As you said, Michael Scott's had this screenplay input in his mind for ages. Then he says he's making a film, and you sort of hear it sporadically, and because of the the time it's taken to get it to the fruition at the end. There's even characters in there that mm. have long since left the show. And like R- Rashida, Rashida Jones. Jones pops up. Why are you singling my line out in particular? <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a James Bond parody, I should say, really. Michael Scarn is sort of a James Bond character. Um, Jim, uh, John Krasinski's character, plays the baddie Golden Face. Michael Scarn's ex-wife is uh, Catherine Zeta Scarn. There's <laughs> <laughs> just lots I'd of like. That. I'd forgotten that. <laughs> it's not just that they've got bits of story going throughout it as well, but it's just I liked it because it was sort of a different type of episode, like some of these are. Um, but it still had the spirit of what made The Office great, and it was probably the last like really good episode of the office i mean i liked some in the final final season um but i was a big fan of this show um you know throughout its run 
uh, and it did dip after Steve Carell left. Uh, and this is sort of sort of demonstrates the genius of it, really, and, and that character in particular. I loved it. Did you? What did you love about it? Um, I love that you got to work together with all your friends. Mm -hmm. I mean, isn't that so great when you can all work together like that? No, no. Holly, this isn't Ocean's Eleven, where you get together with all your friends and you just have fun and you don't care about how it turns out. What do you really think, honestly? Um, is it, is it because you're afraid of where this is gonna take me? Because I need you to keep me grounded. Not worried about that. I'm so glad you picked that. I would never have thought of that, and I'm intrigued for the rest of your list. And this is going to surprise you. And I I'm think gonna... I know. What, I think I know what it is. Okay. <laughs> with with the caveat you've just given us, go on. Yeah. Sorry. With the caveat, it's one we've talked about uh, for for a long time. Comes up very frequently on this podcast. But I do think the first episode of Broadchurch. Mm. Was... I almost I almost had this myself as well. Was an example of how you set up a first episode with a lot of characters, a lot of intrigue, a lot of mystery. David Tennant and Olivia Coleman getting them together and how that all works. There's a great scene where um, Andrew Buchanan is, is walking down mm. the street of the of the place where he lives and sort of meets everybody. And at the same time, we know as an audience member that something awful has happened to his son that he's completely aware of. I thought. As a first episode, it does everything that a first episode of a drama should do, and it does it exceedingly well. The sort of the build-up, letting you know who everybody is. It's it's it is a masterclass in how to do an intriguing first episode because the job of a first episode ultimately is to hook you in and make you watch the rest. And when we do this podcast, really, we we're only watching the first episode of things, really. And if it doesn't grab us. More so now than I think years ago when the three of us were talking. If it doesn't grab us immediately, we're less inclined to, to jump in for the whole series. And this was an example of how you structure a first episode brilliantly. Oh, God, no, no, no. Off the beach. Oh, hey, this area is oh, off limits, no, as of now. please. Oh, God. I know him. He lives here. Oh, he has tea at my house. He's my boy's best friend. Oh, God, Beth, does Beth know? All right, calm down, DS Miller. No, you don't understand. I know that boy. Shut it off. Be professional. Shut it You're off. working a case now. Alec Hardy. I know. You got my job. Really? You want to do that now? You don't even know who he is. Tell me. Danny, Daniel Latimer, 11 years old, goes to school with my boy Tom. His family live here. That's a local plumber. This is a suicide spot. He wouldn't do that. Answer the question. No. There are others. There's one three miles west. There's another one further inland. He's not that type of kid. Find out where Sokwa. We have to move fast. That title will be in. I, I mean, I very almost had this as well. It was one of the first big shows that, uh, as the podcast, we sort of got behind. Um, you had, we had several people on, didn't we, over yeah. the course interviews, and and I think it got the podcast and the site quite a lot of attention as well. And and I think that is how you, as you say, how you introduce. A character, certainly in in the case of Olivia Coleman's character, you know, you got the sense of her like she was this jovial character. You know, she was good at a job, and then the contrast with David Tennant, sort of very confined character who who wasn't part part of the team. You know, he was this outsider, and 
yeah, it was very well done, and I think you know that was certainly the peak of the series, the first episode. Unfortunately, I think I I haven't. You could watch that now, and mm. you'd still be oh, I just see, I just remind myself what happens in the second episode because mm. the first one is really good. So that's my first pick, Broadchurch series one, episode one. What's your next one? Because it might be mine. It, well. it probably is yours. Uh, it's from a little fly on the wall show yeah that makes me cry every time i have cried at this three or four times over my time watching it on the telly it's educating yorkshire and i think i'm right in saying it's episode eight, episode eight from of, october of, the 24th 2013 so this was the final episode of education yorkshire this was the educating series which spoiler alert did make the decade long list on the website somewhere this was inside a a school in yorkshire which matt will remember the name of thornhill academy academy yeah it's, it showcased the best and worst of what school days are like in 2013 but the final episode was particularly moving because it was the english teacher mr burton trying to coach one of his students musharraf in an in a an oral exam, and we found out that Musharraf suffered from a debilitating stammer, which meant that he just couldn't get through the exam. Mr Burton happened to have seen, a couple of weeks previously, the film The King's Speech, and he sort of experiments with Musharraf by letting him listen to music through headphones whilst he tries to read this, this piece of literature that he's got to work on. And slowly... The stammer goes away as he starts to work to the beats of the music and can concentrate on on what he's saying. Can we right one thing? And it's only because I watched the King's Speech quite recently. All right. Okay. One thing he does right when the because it's a very similar thing to you in that he just can't get the words out. But what one thing he does do is he makes him listen to some music, right? And then when he's listening to the music, gets him to do it again. Okay. So you, have you got your phone with you? No, I... Mm, right, we'll plug it into mine, I'll put you some awful music on. Oh, okay, right. Yeah? Okay, that's Go right. Go for it. One, two, three. The moment when after many years of hard work and a long... A long... Of... Is it too loud? loud. That I own this. It's the same moment when the trees are loose. Their soft arm from around you, the birds take back their language. The cliffs... Fisher. The, the cliffs fissure and collapse. The air moves back from you like a wave and you can't breathe. What? Pause, pause, pause. No, pause. the... Carry on, carry on. No, the whisper, you you own nothing. You were a visitor time after time, climbing the hill, planting the flag, proclaiming we never belong to you. You never found us. It was always the other way round. Bloody <laughs> That's insane. Uh, yes. Sir. Did that feel good? Uh, Does it sound. Yeah. Do you, you feel confident? No. Uh, That's yes. unbe- do, Can I go get Miss Lee? No. Uh, Stay there. The moment of realization from from the pair of them, really, when they both 
notice it working is really moving. Mm. Then it's, it's the final sequence that really gets me. He gives a, a tiny speech to the student body in front of everybody. Yeah, it's like the Leavers Assembly, isn't it? And it, it just breaks me down because he's making this speech, which is incredibly difficult and emotional for someone in his position to have to make. Then the camera pans round. The staff are just in bits. Mm. And then the student body is just completely overwhelmed by it. And it just breaks me every time. I've I've watched on YouTube the Goggleboxers watch it yeah. a couple of times. And they're all in bits and I cry at them crying at it. <laughs> it's just an incredibly emotional, genuinely emotional piece of television that has always stuck with me. I loved it. I do have one more from 2013 that I didn't so- realise. So do I, but I don't think it's the one. I'll, I'll go for mine because um, I don't think you've got this. It's actually the same week, I think. Um, maybe the week after, actually. October the 27th, 2013, and it's uh, hitting the fan from The Good Wife. Oh! You've got such a cool... You do, every time we do these lists, I regret having you involved. You have such a cool... Li- yes, go on, talk about that. <laughs> Okay, so this episode in particular is where um, Alicia Florick, the uh, Juliana Margulies character, is forming her own firm with uh, with Carrie, and the episode before, uh, Diane, Christine Baranski's character, has found out about it, and this is the sort of episode with the mad scramble to get all the clients to prevent, you know, Carrie and Alicia from getting their clients as they move. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Stopping some of the people from leaving the firm, Will finding out about Alicia's sort of subterfuge and him feeling personally torn. It's stuck in my mind for all of these years. And I think this exemplifies The Good Wife at its best. You know, I had it in, as one of my favourite dramas when we did that list. And season five of, of The Good Wife was was a, was a highlight. The gold standard. My other one from 2013, I didn't... Uh... No, it was in 2013. Sorry for being obvious. And it's a show that Matt hasn't seen, so we'll know exactly what it is. It's a, an episode of Breaking Bad called Ozymandias, which is... It's it's breathtaking. It is the trinultimate episode of the series. And I don't want to spoil it in case you ever, ever watch the show. But if, if somebody had sport this for me, then I would not have enjoyed it to the same degree. So I'm not going to spoil it or talk about it in great depth, but... Everybody who who loves the show quotes this as their favorite, and there are, there are a couple of others I could have picked, but the but just the can way. Can you this tell lady... me without spoiling the plot why 
what it is you like about it, or do you have it's, to go into it's it? It's really, re- well, apart from the main plot points that happen, it is really, really tense. It's one of those episodes of television that grabs you at the start and doesn't let you go. It's bum, 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 something happening, something tense happening, something awful happening, something more awful happening, and you just end up feeling exhausted by the end of it. And I rewatched the whole series, I think, last summer during the World Cup, and I got to this one, and I felt identical to the first time I'd seen it, even though I sort of knew where we were going. It's really, really cleverly done. When's your next one from now, Luke? My next one is from... February 2014. So I think we might have the same one again. <laughs> is it Series 2, Episode 1 of Line of Duty? It's not. Oh, okay. That's all right, then. It's not, but I'm glad you put it in. Have you got Line of Duty in there at all? In no, your... no. Okay, well, that's good, then. Line of Duty Series 1 was something which, you know, some people watched. It was a bit of a sleeper hit, but it was something I enjoyed. And then by the time Series 2 rolled around, you know, I was writing... Uh, for the site and things like that, and you very kindly um, asked me to go to the, the the screening of the first episode of Series 2, and, and I was absolutely blown away by this. You know, they've built up this character played by... I've forgotten her name now. Uh, Jessica, Jessica Rain. Rain. She's going to be possibly be the new partner to Steve. At the end, she gets, uh, as I said at the time, chucked out the window. <laughs> I can't imagine watching that with a lot of people, because... That's the last thing you would have been expecting. And mm. was there like an, an audible gasp in that room at the time? Yeah, it was just it was just shock. Yeah. The problem is now, as we head into Series 6, is that Line of Duty has sort of pre-conditioned us to know that something shocking is going to happen. For, again, a strong first episode of a series can do is really draw you in and become a phenomenon. As well, I think this episode it introduced like Lindsay Denton, who was a character you couldn't really get a handle on. Do you know no, what I mean? you never it's... knew. She was, was she good? Yeah. Was she evil? Was and I... what she was saying true? Yeah, she was and very we much... And weren't used to seeing a character like that played by Keely Hawes. Um, but what, what else was on in February 2014, Luke? Well, arguably... Not the best episode of, of the series, and I'm sure it's going to crop up again. But one, of the, fun- one of the funniest that will always make me laugh and will never not be funny is A Quiet Night yeah. In. Series 1, Episode 2 from, from February 2014. Uh, the second episode of Rhys Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton's anthology series. This was the episode that was entirely silent. It was about two robbers trying to take an artwork from uh, Dennis Lawson's home. And I've seen this about four times and it is never not really, really funny. There's always bits that I've forgotten or bits that I missed initially. And there's because of the, the, the silence of it and because they're robbers trying to not make any noise, there's a lot of tension in there. It goes in a interesting dark direction which at that time we weren't entirely sure what inside number nine was or what it was trying to do or what it was going to be and it always that episode is still really surprising i will never not find this one funny it's just the look on their faces when things go wrong there's a scene where they 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 managed to get a small dog out of the room by opening a door and then the bigger dog comes in and just makes their life ten times harder and when that dog comes in I'm always in hysterics as you can hear now 
I mean, you could argue, and you probably will later, that there are better episodes of the show. But for pure, just enjoyment level, I don't think this could be beaten. This was one, again, I did consider. Um, I, I knew we would both have an inside number nine on our list, and it was just sort of whittling it down, really. And I'm sure you, you felt the same way. So we moved to July of 2014. Again, this is one that, as I say, that I saw um, at a screening. It is uh, Series 2, Episode 1. Again, it is another Series 2, Episode 1. Uh, of Utopia. Of Utopia, very good. I've talked about before on the podcast how, how much I loved Utopia, how much of a unique series it was, something I, I wish they would have brought back, but you know, I, I don't think it's something now that, that's going to get, for example, like the Top Boy treatment or anything like that. It was you know, based on a comic book. It was very heightened. There was a lot of sort of real world themes going on um, and I went along to the screening for series two thinking you know we would pick up exactly where we left off only to find that the first episode of series two was a flashback to the older characters from the first series the origins of Utopia itself as in the comic book the whole thing about the network and, and where that came from uh, the birth of some of the other characters it just sort of almost like an origin story that I didn't imagine that they would do. And it was just part of, you know, Dennis Kelly's sort of brilliance that, you know, I'm going to subvert you and, and hold off on the continuation of this story and instead present you with a bit of context, really. And, and again, this was really enjoyable, really well acted. And it was a very British series. You know, they linked in, certainly in this episode I'm talking about, a lot of things that happened in... Britain, an assassination of a politician, and it actually did get some backlash, I remember, because of how it worked in some of the real-life um, tragedies and things like that. I nearly picked the first episode of Series 1. Just them walking in to the comic book store with those mm. uh, gas canisters and, and things. I mean, I had uh, no idea what that was all about. Uh, and when it uh, Wilson Wilson losing his eye. It's like a comic book come mm. to life. If you've never seen Utopia, spoiler, it's it's in the top ten of our best shows of the decade and it deserves to be. Uh, so, and yeah, you even I... found out why um, Neil Maskell's character was called Arby. Because his real name was... Do you remember that? I can't remember that, no. Because he um, they, they did all those tests on him, didn't they, with the electrocutions with the raisins? And so Arby, right. Arby was short for Raisin Boy. Oh, I love the show. So <laughs> clever. Uh, Utopia. So um, I've realised now mm -hmm. the rest of mine are kind of more recent. Okay. So if you've got anything prior to 2017, let me make sure I've got... Yeah, if you've got anything prior to 2017. I've got two. The first of which will come as no surprise. It's the 12 Days of Christine from Inside Number yeah. 9. Again, did you sort of wrestle with, with this one I as did. well? And I also wrestled with Diddle Diddle Dumpling. Bernie Clifton's dressing room. Bernie Clifton's dressing room. Whereas yours, I think you, you went for like maybe one of the more humorous episodes. Yeah, yeah I went did. for possibly one of the, if not the darkest that they've done. Sheridan Smith starred as the titular Christine. This looked at 12 pivotal days throughout the year. So, for example, Valentine's Day. I think it was a birthday Christmas was bookended by two New Years, but they were yeah. from different years, and they showed pieces of her life, you know, meeting 
the man who would be the father of her child separating from him, things like that. Every so often you would get these little dark moments in there. You know, you'd see something and you'd go, what was the meaning of this and things like that. And then, Really disorientating. And I just loved the way they structured it. And for a half an hour really? to get you that invested. I, I mean, there are so many episodes of Inside Number 9, but there's so many that you could watch and really enjoy so yeah we would recommend you check out certainly the two or the five that we mentioned there but certainly the two we've both got in our lists my next one is one that i know luke's re- watched recently and it's oh, the I, know. I, so nearly <laughs> did it. I so nearly did this yeah but I, 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 I so many of these episodes seem to have done i know uh, no wreck. it is uh, from this is england 90 it's the third episode. Uh, it's entitled Autumn. The big sort of set piece in this, and if you've seen This Is England, you know, uh, that the, there's a big scene during, around a dinner table with all the key characters airing basically everything that's happened throughout the series and in the film as well. It comes out that um, Lol's dad had was a rapist and had raped her, and Lol and her mum both have to tell this to... Uh, Kelly Chanel Cresswell's character Combo's also being released from prison that's part of the reason why they're telling this and that obviously irks Milky because you know he went into prison initially for uh, beating him up quite significantly you know GBH um, and his reluctance to Combo being released to Lol and Woody's house where his son also lives and it's all these so I don't know how long the, the the actual scene is. You've seen it recently. I don't know. Is it 15 minutes or so? It's about 20 minutes. It's about 20 minutes, yeah. Uninterrupted. And it's, it's so well done by the entire cast, you know, and, and, you know, they know these characters so well at this point. It plays into, you know, what happens in the final episode and sort of Kelly's resentment. She's There's the one so who... There's so much authenticity in mm. this. Right, I'm going to start and... Try my best to tell you something. I'm sorry. Okay, don't worry. I'm not. I'm not sure how I'm gonna say it. So, just gonna have to bear with me. No, I'm not sure I can do it. It's alright. Take your time, we're just saying, like, what's up? I've lied about something. Some, some really big thing. But I did it for the right reasons. Oh, God. Come on. Come on. Right, Carol. Came round to me the next day and told me. 
Mm. We have to look up now. No. Please. Please. Cow. <laughs> Converting cow dad. You know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who else knew? She would have gone to jail, Kelly. She wouldn't have had us to look after her. And we didn't tell you because we didn't want this. We didn't want to hurt you, love. You were too young back then. We didn't want to. We didn't want to cause any unnecessary damage. We. We're telling you now because we have to. Kelly. You deserve to know that he wasn't a good man. He was not a good man. He wasn't a good man to Mum. He wasn't a good man to me. He wasn't a good dad. If he wasn't a good man, why would Mum have kids with him? Well, because... Why would you have kids with him if he was not a good man? Brainwashed, Cal. He abused me for years, Kelly. Oh, my God. For years. You're going to have it talking about Dad like that? Is that what you're going to actually Kelly. stand here and put with? If that was true, why would you let him fall? Set foot back no, in the house. No, fucking. Truth. You need to tell her then. It was a bully. What an easy fucking cop out because he's in the it's fucking crown. Not a cop out. Trev, why would she lie about that? Why would I? Why would I be putting any of you through this? My sister, I want to protect you from everything. Everything. I never want you to be through any kind of pain. I never want to hurt you. But I have to be honest with you, Kel. I have to be honest with all of you. This is horrible for me. It's horrible for you. And I will be there for you every step of the fucking way. Well, are you three been together? No, it's nothing like that, Kel. And you fucking knew. No, Kelly, we've left the fucking house this morning and she did. We asked her if she had any idea what, what was going to happen today. How could, I, how could I have said that to I you? have been Kelly. there for you Kelly, through everything. Don't, don't I have been there for you from Kelly. every step of the way. And I've been, been there fucking, for you. How have you two been fucking there for each other? Kelly, every fucking I've, step of the how way. I have told you? I've had nobody. I've had absolutely nobody. Well, you know you and all you fucking... Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Three. Kelly, I've always Kelly. known about that. I, I don't remember. Let it go, let it go, 
One of the strengths of our list so far is if you showed people that hadn't seen what led up to it. If I just put that dinner scene on, perhaps you wouldn't get the complete context, but there's no way you wouldn't be drawn in to an argument round a table and the emotion. It's really gripping. And yeah. on the website, we've actually got um, comments from the producer, Nikki Salt, or the first direct first AD, I think she was, on This Is England. She speaks about how that scene was constructed. And as always, with This Is England, they had sort of a through line of what they needed to work to, but a lot of it was just improvised and just led by the emotions of the characters slash actors, and they just did it all in one take, which is, makes it even more remarkable. I saw it the other week and it just, I still, I'm still a tiny bit broken from the whole experience, but it is really good. So for me next, we go to, where do we go? We go to 2017. It is an episode called Michael's Gambit. Yeah, I thought thought you'd have this. And it is the world upending final episode of season one of The Good Place where we find out All may not be as it seems. It took me a while to figure it out. But just now, as we were all fighting and yelling at each other and each one of us demanding we should go to the bad place, I thought to myself, man, this is torture. And then it hit me. They're never going to call a train to take us to the bad place. They can't. Because we're already here. This is the bad place. Up until that point, I thought the series was already quite inventive and special, but I didn't anticipate quite the journey we were going on. And I remember saying to you both at the time, Gary and Matt, saying, I know this sounds ridiculous, please watch all of the episodes if you can, because you need to, to be able to talk about it. I knew there was something coming. Yeah, that's the only shame, because I, I think probably you both would have stopped quite early on, and the only way of me not letting you stop was to say, watch to the end. So for me to say that, you'd know something was going to happen at the yeah. end. But well, I didn't it's... see it coming. I had some suspicions. If this is all happening, is this the good place sort of thing? But Yeah. No, it, it, I think it's well documented what it is now. But I, I like the the sort of turn from Ted Danson is really well done and unexpected. I think he really revels in playing both sides of Michael's character, the good and the evil. And it's it just showed you that the show wasn't just a 20-minute network sitcom, that it was trying to be something unique and inventive. And again, as with all of the shows on this list bar a couple, I could have put the Janet's episode in there. I mm. nearly did. I thought that was really well done. I like the episode where Eleanor met her mother. I like the one with Michael McKean. Mm. There's just so many good episodes. It's a series, to be fair, that's had peaks and troughs. But episode-wise, there's there is at least five, six episodes that you could have made a case for on this list. But the one that everybody remembers is the moment when they realised all was not as it seemed. And that's the episode called Michael's Gambit. Did you say that was September 2017? I did, Matt. Thank you for listening when I spoke. Yes. I was asking because mine is also from September 2017. Oh. And I had this down when we did our favourite Netflix show, so I had to include it here. It's an episode of American Vandal. And and this one is called Premature Theories. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, they've all got sort of dirty titles. I didn't know that they had titles. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love the entire series and the concept of, you know, I'm sure most people listening to this know about American Vandal, but if you don't, it was a spoof of, um, like, these true crime documentaries, most notably Making a Murderer, um, but based at a high school and two sort of amateur documentarians trying to find out who uh, drew 23, I think it was, phallic symbols. On uh, <laughs> cars of the teachers, this led to them sort of going through all this footage and trying to find out who did it. Uh, and the, you never really 100% found out who it was. But in this episode, this was the one where they put to, and, and I think it demonstrates the genius of the series. They put together loads of different footage from this specific party. It was called. It was Nana's party. It was held by a. a high schooler at her grandmother's house when she was out um, and it let everyone had bits of the of the party on their phone and it just sort of exemplified you know where how we live now teenagers document everything and this is part of the reason the the way that they solved this crime was everyone's got something something documented and in this instance, it was all little bits of what happened at Nana's party. And it was on all different people's cell phones. And I really like that. And it was the piecing together of that. And there was little other bits in there as well. One of the guys saw the girl he had a crush on being sort of promposed by her suitor. There was a little bit with the, the Asian guy who they found out was invited to all the parties that they weren't. It was a brilliant episode of what I thought was a brilliant series. I think, unlike others, that it ended at the right time after two yeah. seasons. But yeah, so that is Premature Theories, episode four of the first season of American Vandal. Uh, December 2017. Um, hmm. And it is the final episode of Detectorists. Oh! <laughs> okay, I love you. Yes, that's fine. I'll allow it. <laughs> I, I was struggling um, in terms of um, what episode of Detector is to put on there. The last episode of Series 2 is equally joyous. But the end of um, the, th- the third series, I think, just drew everything together brilliantly. You know, this was the last time they'd be on the field, which they'd been, you know, doing their detectoring on since the first episode. Um, you had the Mackenzie Crook character, Andy, bidding for a, for a house. That was all very mm-hmm. tense. Them joining together with their long-time uh, enemies, uh, Simon and Garfunkel. <laughs> Lance finding love with the uh, the Rebecca Callard character. And at mm-hmm. the end, there was sort of a, um ambiguous ending because there was yeah. coins in a tree and magpies. And magpies. They came as if from the sky. So you, you may think, oh, they, they did finally get the cash that they've been looking for all these years, you know, by doing their metal detecting. There's also that lovely little silent scene where, you know, one of the the lesbians from the detector in society proposed to to her yeah. girlfriend. Just like loads of lovely little bits throughout that episode. And again, I think it exemplified the brilliance of detectorists. As well, a whole. What I like about it is it's a show where if you think about it, not a lot happens really. No. But it's full of these tender moments mm. and we care so much about these people that whatever happens to them is so 
important to us and even the bidding on the phone for the house i was really invested in that it's only a, a tiny moment where they're going back and forth but it's it's a culmination of a lot of tiny moments it's just built it into something really special and i'm so glad that it was what started out as a bbc4 show ended up going on bbc2 and got to end on its own terms and wasn't just do you remember that little gem detectorist it's mm. something something special as well the next one on my list is um from 2018 and specifically from april of 2018 and it's the only other one on the list that matt won't have seen and it is an episode called teddy perkins from the oh, second yeah. series of atlanta which is really haunting really funny and really sort of unexpected and and proves again that Atlanta doesn't want to be defined by genre or by anything really um this is an episode where Darius one of the crew goes to pick up a grand piano from this eccentric guy similar to Michael Jackson it's actually Donald Glover done up almost like Michael Jackson he's got this very pale exterior he speaks in a whisper sort of a childlike tone and it's just uh, Darius going around his house and speaking with him and then trying to get this grand piano and he's a very odd fellow and the ending is is reminiscent of an inside number nine it's a bit twisty and turny and and really atmospheric and again not to repeat myself over and over but if if i asked you to watch this you could watch this in isolation and, and get as much out of it as if you'd seen all the things leading up to it it's it's really clever again a really clever half hour which as we said with inside number nine is a difficult thing to do but when it's done, it's done brilliantly well. And I, I think Teddy Perkins is is one of the best episodes of that series that, that not enough people have seen. My last one, which thankfully I think I, I cut out some which I knew that you, would, you have. would have or perhaps would have. Um, and thankfully we've only had um, one crossover. But I've gone for um, series two, episode four of Mum from uh, March 27th to 2018. Do you know what's weird? I didn't think of Mum at all, and that's terrible of me. Oh, I thought I you might have, have something from the third I series. Have, I could have picked any episode from the third series. This was the one where Michael's mum had died, and he'd come to pick. Oh God! <laughs> to pick with me, <laughs> Kelly and Jason up for. I'm bro- I'm a stupid human being. Sorry, go on. <laughs> mum was <sighs> one of the shows we've both loved, sort of through the latter part of the decade. But this episode, I think, again, is one you could pull out and just say, this is what Mum's all about. So, you know, you've had the unrequited love between Michael towards Kathy. Um, You know, she knows there's something there. Um, He's sort of finally propelled to tell her how he feels. His mum has literally just passed away. He has already sort of agreed to take uh, Kelly and Jason to the airport uh, for oh. some holiday. So you've got the usual people popping in and out to bring things in. Derek and Pauline oh. are bringing a suitcase, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yes. Tanya, Tanya Franks briefly pops on as Kelly's mum with her passport. Um, is Reg there? Oh, I'm so Reg and yeah, I, I think so, really briefly. <laughs> I'm so, I can't tell you the anger I feel. At this point, this because... isn't about you, Luke. It is. <laughs> What's happening to me is about me. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, and and Michael hasn't revealed to anyone that his mum's died. He has then said it's to Kathy, so you know, 
last thing I talked about was how I feel about you. And then she hits him with, but Wi-Fi only really missed Dave, uh, her now late husband. You held my hand, Kathy. On New Year's Eve. You held my hand, you stroked it with your thumb. And we've been to garden centres. Now, I know that's not... They're just garden centres. I know, so it sounds mad saying it out loud because I know they're just garden centres, but we've been to three of these garden centres and you still haven't bought any chairs. So what, what are we going to do? I mean, do you want chairs or do you not want chairs? Are we just going to spend our lives just going around garden centres and, and not buying any chairs and, and, and bouncing around the place like everything's OK? Because the problem with the world, Kath, the problem with the world is everything's not OK. And... No one, no one does things, and no one, no one dares tell the truth, because it's scary, and it's hard, and it's messy, and no one, nobody wants to do difficult things. But the world is difficult, and some things are unfair. And last night, my mum died, and she wasn't the kind of woman you could, you know, I could never. Do this now. I do. You don't, Michael. Can I, t can I tell you something, Kat? No. I really, really, really want to tell you something. No, you don't, Michael. Not like this. But you know what I'm going to say, don't you? Kathy. And you can feel it too, can't you? Say it, say it. Say it. If you're feeling something, you what should... What if I just miss Dave? Oh, Jesus. The other episode that I almost considered, I think it might have been episode four of, of the last series where Jason breaks down talking about his dad and things like that and looking after his mum. But this, I think this is one we really sort of discussed on this podcast. It sticks out for me. We did. Peter Mullen was brilliant in this. This list that we've created, don't watch them if you're feeling a bit low. <laughs> because they're all sort of quite... Finish the American van. Yeah. I want to finish with Fret Level Midnight. <laughs> In reverse. <laughs> See, I um, I already now want to um, substitute one of mine for Mum, so I I will do that. It's our podcast; I can do it. But the one I was going to mention was an episode from 2018 called Start. Do you have any idea what that? Oh, the American. Yeah, no, I took that out of my list. The American <laughs> finale. Okay, well, we'll just I talk knew about you it briefly. Happen. This was uh, the final episode. It ran for six series. It was the story of Soviet spies living in suburbia, America, and uh, having an FBI agent live next door who investigates such things. And I was so trepidatious about where the final series would go because mm. I enjoyed the Americans as a whole so much. I think a lot of the penultimate series was a lot of road building so that they could mm. get to where they wanted to get to which meant it was sort of less action packed and 
less character driven because they were Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha in my dentist's office more than once actually Do I have to say? Yes you do In the car before my kids PTA meeting Really? Yes Excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky I never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Building the blocks of where the final series would go. But saying that, the finale delivered everything that I could want it to deliver, really. It was tense. It was really character-driven. It gave me the goosebumps that I that I wanted from it, and it gave me the showdown that I'd wanted to. There's a scene that takes place in an underground car park, which is one of the best of the entire series, and it's when the Jennings family sort of come clean as to who they are to their next-door neighbour and family friend, Stan, who is just left dumbstruck. And then it has this bittersweet finale moment where they finally escape and get to where they want to go at the cost of their family who have mm. now assimilated and become the Americans of well, the Titans. It's such a good show, and it is so highly regarded mm. by me. I, I, I recommend it to anyone with an Amazon account and a pair of ears and eyes because it's one of my favourite shows of the last ten years. As I say, I did have this in my list, but I thought, you know, you'd have it. And, and the other episode of the Americans that I did consider was the one... Where they finally found out about Martha. Oh my god, I have so much rewatching. If only I had a new decade to start rewatching stuff in. So, to be honest, um, if, if TV's going the way it has, then you probably. I probably have got time, yeah. Saying uh, that though, my, my final three are from this can year. I get, so. Can I guess? You can guess. I reckon you've got a succession in there. Yep. Possibly Euphoria? No, I haven't, although oh, okay. I. T- thought about putting in the carnival okay. episode well, we will talk about euphoria in our next episode it'll best of the year i'm sure we will yes. um but succession oh i can't think is it the virtues maybe no although no, i okay. nearly put the second yeah. episode of that in because so, i i i almost had in as well the last episode of season one of succession but you you go ahead these are your three okay so my three i'll give you the title of this next one alan's okay. routine any idea I know the episode name, but I can't place it. This is from one of my favourite shows of this year. It's the fourth episode of Russian Doll. Oh, where, yes, yes, where yes. The, where the focus shifts away from Nadia and you realise that she's not the only one living this sort of Groundhog Day experience and that she's in this with a guy called Alan who up until this point we'd only seen very briefly. And this episode subverts expectations because it focuses entirely on him and how he became locked in this Groundhog Day scenario and at the end he and Nadia meet and discover that this is happening to the pair of them. Again it's a cleverly done half hour, it's really sort of hard hitting and you don't really know where it's going and it's really sort of hard to watch at points as well because Alan is a character who keeps getting beaten down by things happening in his life and he can't work out why he keeps ending up back at the bathroom mirror. I got to that point and I remember thinking it's it's a really clever, it's going to do something I'm not expecting and that's why this and The Good Place made the list. So that's called Alan's Routine. 
I was going to say that's very similar to The Good Place where you're saying yeah. to everyone you need to watch the whole first series. Yeah. You were saying to people, watch up to that episode yeah. because I remember, was it Rob we had on that It week? was Rob, yeah, and I kept saying, if it doesn't get you then, it's not going to get you because that's when I really thought, ooh, this isn't what I was thinking. Another half hour and another one from this year. This one's called Ronnie Lily. Any ideas? Oh, yeah, Barry. <laughs> Yes, this is so good. And again, I could have picked any episode from Barry, really, because it's all so good. The cars are so good. The story's so good. But this one is sort of a bottle episode. Uh, it's, a bottle episode. T- it's a battle episode, people. It doesn't <laughs> no take place. No community in there. I was, I no. was considering community. But I nearly had yeah. um, the different time, time um, dimensions yeah. one. Theory of relativity or something. I don't know. Chaos Theory or something, yes. I can't remember. Yeah, there are, that one. Yeah, there are a few good episodes of Community. Again, um, none made our list. This one sees Barry attempt to go and kill somebody because he's an assassin-turned-wannabe actor and he ends up going into this house where a young girl who looks defenceless and completely like she wouldn't hurt a fly enters his world and turns out she's a master at karate and martial arts and completely destroys Barry and his and his friend. And it's it's again. I wasn't expecting it, and it this I was surprised to see divided a lot of people. They said it had sort of jumped the shark at this point because it sort of went out and out comedy. But I thought it was really clever, really inventive, and subverted expectations again. I remember finding it really funny, and it turns into farce at one point where. They're sort of tied to the steering wheel together and this little girl's biting their ears and also it was really mad but brilliant, I thought. And finally, bore on the floor, Matt. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Succession is one of those shows where you could make a case for most of, particularly the second season, you could make a case for the majority of those episodes Mm. to be on the list. But this one, mixed humour and drama and intensity better than some of the other ones in my opinion i can't remember what is the impetus for this bore on the floor game doesn't it's about it's about whether they think they should sell the company or do something with the company and people who sort of think they're getting the right answer and oh yeah Yeah. just the different sort of answers and and it ends up being the normal sort of whipping boys (laughs) and and i just like it because it starts off at this sort of tongue-in-cheek game almost the ball on the floor and they're locked in this room having a meal at this extravagant setting and the more it goes on the more tense it becomes it becomes less of a joke and more about who's going to hit the floor next What's going to happen to those who have disobeyed? It's really, really tense. And I remember being just completely entranced by it when I saw it. It's bored on the floor from succession. Carl. Yeah. Do you like the uh, Pierce deal? I do. I do. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Bullshit. Bored on the floor. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) Okay. It's a game. In the corner, over there, stand there. Go, 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 go! <laughs> All right. Tom? Me? Yeah? Uh, Pierce? Yeah? Um, well, that's a lot of <clears throat> factors, and but yes, I personally, I like it. Uh, I like it. 
Bore on the floor over there. Jerry, stand up. Stand up! Pierce. Couldn't tell you. Have you played it before? No. Actually, I... To be perfectly honest, I've, I've had a few doubts. Honesty. You see, everybody, do you see? Honesty. Greg, stand up. Did you get any orders from my brother, the fucking conscience of the prairies? Me? Yeah. I don't. Uh, yeah, cause I th I've had some doubts too. Over there. But the rules are that you're spared if you tell the truth. Oh. And I just told you the truth. Oh, there are rules? Right. Do you know something, Greg? There are no rules. Over there. Okay. Which one of you boys did it? Tom! Yes? Sit on the floor. It's fun. Seriously? Yeah, it's a game. Bore on the floor. I really, I feel... Get down! Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Kendall, ring the troops. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Cow, get down. Greg, on the floor, bore. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Come on, Frank. Bore on the floor. Frank. Why am I in? How the fuck would I know, Greg? You think I have a rational explanation for this? Frank, bore on the floor. Feed the piggies, guest of honor. Bore on the floor. That's it. Bore on the floor. Bore on the floor. Oink for your sausages, piggies. Oink for your sausages, Piggy. Oink, oink. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oink for your sausages, Tom. Oink, oink. oink. No, no. No half-hearted oink. I want full-hearted oink. Oink, 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 oink. On the count of three, the last Piggy to eat a sausage is the mole. That doesn't seem like a very good system. Who spoke to Pencil? But as I say, you could make a case for most of that second series and the back half of the first, I think. I shout it at least once a week, just like I've got, like I've got Tourette's. It'll just come out, and I don't know quite when it's going to appear, but I'll just go bore on the floor. It seems to be that they try and find ways of getting all the characters somewhere uh, I, I, confined. Out, yeah, confined. Whether it be when there was the sort of the terrorist lockdown of the of the building, you know, and, and Tom's there. Is this the? Am I in the best room? Am I in the? Yeah. Best? Is this the, the best panic room? Is this the number one panic room? I should be in the other panic room. <laughs> really, really good. Yeah, there's so many good... I, I suppose you could have, like, the overthrow one of the first series as well. You know, there's yeah. so many... The one, where, the one where Kendall's desperate to get to the meeting mm. and just kind of... And the, the one in Scotland is even brilliant with the awkward yeah. map. It's, it's, you know, you could make a case for all of those. I think for most of the series, you could make a case for, for two or three episodes of each one of the shows Or the picked. one where they go to England and then yeah. he runs the, oh, the family. God! Anyway. Succession's good, Telly. I believe that we did have some replies on this when you used our podcast feed at Custard TV Pod yeah. to, uh, to hear what other people's favourite episodes of the last 10 years were. I did. We have got... EastEnders Weekly Podcast at EastEnders Week, who I believe did the artwork for your... They did. Thank you very much to you two, yes. Didn't pick an episode of EastEnders. Traitors! Um, instead, say, say what you will about the final season of Game of Thrones, but the moment I killed the Night King, spoilers, was a great moment for TV <laughs> and would stick with me for a long time. That would have been, I think the episode's called Winterfell, which is the... Um, 
as you said, trying ultimate episode. Of... I think I may have created a phrase for that. <laughs> Fourth episode of the final season of Game of Thrones. At Matthew McLean has has a few here. Be our guests from the first series of remember this one. Roger and Val have just got in. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> With uh, Dawn French and Alfred Molina, I believe. From uh, now on, that though, if they're not trying ultimate episodes, I don't really want to know. <laughs> Interesting, Ashley's point of view episode of Emmerdale. Series 1, episode 6 of Derry Girls. Uh, the finale of Fleabag. Yes. Uh, 12 Days of Christine, agrees with me there. And, and this final one, an interesting pick, uh, the 8 of 10 Cats episode from the week of Jimmy Carr's tax revelations. Right, okay, that's, bes- <laughs> that's bespoke. At Tennis Pod. Uh, says the best single episode in telev- television history and agrees with you, Ozymandias, uh, Breaking you. Bad Series 5. Regular so- uh, site contributor and who has written several pieces on uh, your best uh, of the year, Sophie Davis. And and I think you might disagree with this because we had an argument about this, I remember, when it was on. Uh, possibly the best experience I've ever had watching an episode of TV was Inside Number 9's Deadline last Halloween. I liked it, Sophie. I stuck up for I, it. I think my problem was, if you weren't watching it live, mm-hmm. then then you didn't get the same uh, feelings well, of it. If you, I hadn't watched it live, but at the same time, I had not been on Twitter, unlike you. David Whitby, who's a friend, who is a friend of mine, hi Dave, um, says, the, the, the day will come when you won't be, which is the seventh episode, no, the first episode of the seventh season of The Walking Dead. Gripping TV to find out who had been bumped off. Shame the rest of the season was really poor. That Lee Thompson 89 says, International Assassin from season two of The Very Left. nearly. Very nearly made my list, but it, I couldn't have another one on that you hadn't seen. So is a phenomenal episode of television, as is. is the final episode of Broken, Sean Bean uh, Priest drama, which yeah. has no title but should be called You Wonderful Priest. And... <laughs> <laughs> That's a Father Ted reference, I think, as well. Is there anything else that you almost put on your list that you didn't? The first or fourth of the first series of Happy Valley, very okay. nearly. Yeah, I was thinking an episode of Pose, but I couldn't narrow it down. I mean, Pose we'll be talking about in our end of year yes. special. So that'll be something to talk about then. I thought you might have the holiday episode of Pose as one of your three when you were saying 2019. Yeah. I really considered it. I, the first series of Pose had some great ones as well that I very nearly considered. I mean, Interesting, yours are more recent and mine, you know, you've got five within the last two years. Mine yeah. was sort of more spread, more the beginning of the decade. You're is that just because me. my memory is, is better than yours? No, I, 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 the one thing I am annoyed at is Mum. I should have put Mum in there. I don't know what I'd have taken off, but I should have put mum in there, really. Um, but no, it's good because I took I took ones off that I knew you'd have. I thought we would have a more balanced discussion if we had more. So, while well, you should have had mum on your list, I should have, and I feel annoyed at myself, and I've only myself to blame. At Custard TV Pod, if you want to interact with the podcast on the old Twitter sphere. We're on Twitter ourselves at Lucaster TV and at Matt's TV Bites. If you fancy emailing, you can do Custard TV Reviews at Gmail. And if you want to recommend uh, the podcast to anyone, we are on all your podcast apps. 
TuneIn, Spotify, iTunes. Give us a review on there. It'd be really appreciated as well. And uh, we will be back soon to talk specifically about 2019. A year, spoiler alert, that me personally, I haven't enjoyed a single BBC One show from beginning uh. to end this year. Which is a first, not only for the time of the podcast, but perhaps ever, 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 that I've ever felt like that. We'll be back soon. Take care and thank you for listening. And remember to visit thecustertv.com to find out what I have christened the best show of the decade. Bye-bye. Ta-ta. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook.